You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the August 2017 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the bootcamp news that we read about at Course Report this August. There was a huge amount of news this month, so we are going to just briefly summarize most of these stories. But remember that you can find links to all of the articles that we mentioned in our News Roundup blog post on the Course Report blog if you want to read more. So what are we going to talk about today, y'all? So there are a couple of new fundraisers that we want to touch on, and we're going to talk about the aftermath of DBC and the Iron Yard closing. And despite some negative headlines, we'll also talk about students who are getting hired after graduating and companies that say they'll continue hiring from boot camps. Then we'll also chat about the expansion of the GI Bill into boot camps, how boot camps continue to get women and veterans into tech, And we're also excited to see some big companies like Amazon teaming up with coding boot camps. And then we're going to look at colleges, which are now offering boot camps and whether boot camps could actually be a replacement for college for some people. And of course, we'll tell you about all of the new schools that we added to the course report directory in August. Cool. But before we get into the heavy news, I was wondering, did you all see the news that Spike Lee is teaming up with an ex dev (laughs) boot camp employee to make a TV show? So cool, yeah. We read about that. Yeah, so Chad Sanders, who worked in business development at Dev Bootcamp, is writing and starring in the show, which is actually based on his own life working in tech. Imogen, you know Chad, right, through Dev Bootcamp. Do you think it'll be worth tuning in? Yeah, I think it'll be <laughs> awesome. I We went to the, the rap party for their pilot. Cool. And the, he had some of the actors there. They all seemed really cool. So. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we will have to tune in. We'll do a watch party, I think. Woo. Cool. And then we have two fundraising and hiring announcements. Lauren, what's happening at Tech Talent South? Yeah, so Tech Talent South has partnered with Charlotte-based investment firm Kramer Mountain Growth Partners, and they are actually going to invest in Tech Talent South's expansion into the corporate training space. Did that article talk about like an amount? Do we know how much they're investing? We don't know how much yet, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. Okay, cool. And then Alpha Camp, which has campuses in Taiwan, Singapore, and Hong Kong, has raised $735,000 via a crowdfunding campaign. Cool. And this doesn't really have anything to do with fundraisers, but GeekWire uh, just announced that Ada Developers Academy, which is a 27-week coding bootcamp in Seattle, uh, they train women and gender diverse people for free, and they're looking for a new executive director. Their current executive director, Cynthia, um, has stepped down. So as most people know now, you know, two major bootcamps announced last month that they'd be closing in 2017, Dev Bootcamp and The Iron Yard. And since then, journalists and even other bootcamp owners have been writing about the reasons that they closed and kind of waxing poetic on that and um, and kind of talking about the future of bootcamps now. 
Liz, you talked to a reporter for an article in Reuters about that, didn't you? Yeah, so Sal Rodriguez, who writes a fair amount about coding boot camps, and now he writes for Reuters, uh, he published a piece at the beginning of the month, and it obviously talks about the two schools closing, but it also identifies a new trend, which we're seeing as well, about boot camps that are throttling up their corporate training partnerships. So that's something that we want to keep an eye on. Imogen, what did EdSurge find? Right, so there was, an, there was quite a long, in-depth article published both in EdSurge and Slate, and that looked at the future of boot camps. It talked to students and boot camp founders like Adam Enbar of Flatiron School, and it also noted that Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard did not release any student outcomes or join the Council on Integrity in Results Reporting. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I don't think that those schools closed like specifically because they didn't join SEER, but it is just a fact now that students expect to see trans transparent student outcomes and Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard did not um, participate in those efforts. Uh, so that is an interesting kind of postmortem fact to look at. Lauren, what did Education Dive have to say about the future of the bootcamp industry? So Education Dive focused on the bootcamp model expanding to universities. The piece mentions stats from Reuters and Course Report on how the coding bootcamp model has exploded since 2012, and it discusses how higher education institutions are really looking to this bootcamp model to really meet the needs of the new generations of students. So it, it was actually a really interesting piece. And if you're looking for a good just general overview and an analysis of the shakeout that's happening in the coding bootcamp industry, I suggest the New York Times piece by Steve Lohr. Uh, it's really well-researched, well-balanced. Steve has been tracking the industry over the last four or five years. Steve doesn't panic and say that bootcamps as an industry are failing, which you'll probably see in some of these kind of clickbaity headlines. But, you know, in doing a kind of post-mortem about a month after the announcement of these closures, I think that we can agree on a few things. Uh, coming out of all of these pieces. First is that student outcomes and proving that you're actually getting students jobs is vital for a successful bootcamp. Um, the second is that bootcamps need to be innovating and diversifying their strategy, you know, working with universities or, you know, expanding into corporate training or even thinking about online courses like Flatiron School has. And the third point is just that the shakeout is real, right? We're five years into this industry. Uh, larger schools are trying to find that profitable business model, especially those that have taken on outside investments. And we just learned today that Galvanize is laying off 11% of their team. And that's probably part of that attempt to find you know, a profitable business model. So we'll continue to track these and kind of look back on why Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard decided to close doors. But I think these are good pieces to focus on now. And in addition to journalists, many bootcamp leaders have weighed in on this discussion as well. They're trying to explain why some bootcamps are more successful than others. Imogen, what did you hear from Dev Bootcamp's founder? So in two Medium blog posts, Dev Bootcamp co-founder Dave Hoover told his Dev Bootcamp story about how he got involved and launched the Chicago campus. He says he eventually disagreed with Kaplan over which approach to take to expand the company. But he said, quote, I don't think Dev Bootcamp would have survived using either approach. 
Yeah, so that's a three-part series, and I don't think Dave has actually released the third part, but I'm very right. excited to read his his uh, final installment in that Medium series. Yes. Stay tuned, and maybe we'll be able to mention it in next month's podcast. For sure. Then the Iron Yard founder, Peter Barth, talked to the Greenville Online, and he couldn't give a bunch of specifics on the actual board decision to close the Iron Yard, which we would all love to see. But in part, he blames politics. He says, quote, I think just as an industry in general, for-profits were out of favor under the last administration, meaning the Obama administration. Um, He says it was expensive to open new campuses, which was totally predictable, but that he thinks a new boot camp will open in Greenville within six months. He just won't be running it. And Holberton School's founder, Sylvain Kalash, weighs in on the closure of Dev Boot Camp as well. He gives his view on the status of the boot camp industry as a whole, and he quotes, Boot camps are a great add-on to our education industry and are certainly not going away, but the peak of coding boot camps has come and gone and the market has started to consolidate. This was anticipated as a classic pattern for any newly created industry. And then Forbes contributor Michael Horn interviewed General Assembly CEO Jake Schwartz about what the closure of Dev Bootcamp and the Iron Yard means for the future of the industry. And here's a quote from Jake. My guess is that they likely optimized for short-term revenue and weren't resourced to address the sort of really fundamental shifts we're now seeing in human capital development and talent acquisition. And in a TechCrunch guest post, Thinkful co-founder Daryl Silver says he thinks staying relevant is all about innovation for boot camps. So schools that innovate on payment plans like income share agreements, um, staffing like Reviture and Andela, and schools that innovate on their curriculum like teaching other digital skills like UX and UI design are the ones that will actually stand out um, when the shakeout kind of subsides. And Liz, didn't you read a pretty negative article in Inc.? Yeah, so this was an opinion column in Inc. by sales source blogger uh, Jeffrey James. He heavily criticizes coding boot camps. He compares the recent closures to the, quote, near universal failure for of for-profit universities. Honestly, I think if you have read a Reddit thread with like sen- senior engineers who complain that you can't learn software development at a coding bootcamp, then you will get the gist of this article. I didn't come away with a ton of new arguments here, but I uh, thought we should mention that it exists. So the press around bootcamps has been somewhat tumultuous this month, but let's talk about all the companies who are and plan to continue hiring from coding bootcamps. In Marketplace, there was an interview with the vice president of HR at IBM, and he talked about the new-collar jobs trend. So these are basically pathways that people are using to get into the technology field, and those pathways don't require a college degree. IBM specifically has a special hiring push right now to attract new talent, and even 15% of their new hires don't hold a bachelor's degree. Um, Most people are coming from coding boot camps or community colleges, and there's also this new approach to attract high schoolers into the technology field, which is really interesting. The VP of HR at IBM quotes, about half a million technology jobs go unfilled in the U.S., and it's because employers can't find what they're looking for. Now, the country is only producing about 50,000 computer science grads a year, and that's the skills gap. 
Cool. Yeah, I think that that really proves the need and the demand for coding boot camps. Um, and that argument is only strengthened by companies who continue to speak about hiring from boot camps. So, for example, Canadian startup CTO Jeffrey Ling talked to the Georgia Strait this month about why he hires Lighthouse Lab students for his company called This Open Space, which offers short term rental space for pop up shops and events. And British company Skyscanner is looking to non-traditional means to recruit software development talent as well, such as hackathons, tech events, and coding boot camps. And that's according to insider.co.uk. We also read in Technically Philly about how companies really need to start creating fellowships, apprenticeships, and training programs instead of only looking for experienced programmers, since there is such a shortage in skilled technical workers. And going a step further, a few journalists this month actually looked at why coding boot camps might be a better option than college for some students. What did we learn there? So Entrepreneur looked at how some millennials are choosing skill-based training over or as well as college. It also mentions coding boot camps and an institute called Bradfield, which is an advanced level programming school founded by an ex-dev boot camp instructor. And we saw in Quartz how they published a complete guide to not going to college, which was actually really interesting. It talks about how college used to be the normal thing to do, and it's the normal right step into your career progression, but actually that's no longer the case. And this article looks at the expense of college and how it continues to grow. And it mentions alternatives like apprenticeships and coding boot camps like Holberton School being better alternatives. And students seem to be having positive experiences. Let's hear what some of the students are saying. What did you hear, Liz? Well, first, ABC 10 News profiled students at Learn Academy, which is a coding boot camp in San Diego, and they were highlighting the scholarships available for women, minorities, and low-income households. This is actually impressive. Did you know that Learn Academy grads are now working at companies like Facebook, Sony, HP, and Bands in Town? It's kind of like a really impressive list. Yeah, that article, we'll post a link to it, but it has like the actual job titles at those companies too. So check it out. And I read an article in the Singapore New Paper about people switching careers through Coding Bootcamp to work in tech, which included interviews with two General Assembly grads who did the Web Development Immersive course at the Singapore campus. Very cool. The Birmingham Times actually talks about graduates from Generation IT Bootcamp and I Am BAM Bootcamp in Birmingham, Alabama. And it talks about the different jobs and career trajectories that students are getting. Many graduates in their first inaugural bootcamp have gone to join the IT ranks of entities like UAB, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Regions Bank, and Protective Life. The article also mentions how they received a $75,000 grant awarded by the National Conference of Mayors to help the program. And Covalence just graduated their first Chattanooga cohort, according to the Chattanoogan. Students finished up the program by showcasing projects that they had built to help the community. So for one of those, they partnered with the McKamey Animal Center, and they built a volunteer portal for them so that users can see all of the current adoptable animals at their shelter. Very cute. Super cute. And then the Post and Courier looked at initiatives to help people launch tech careers in Charleston and highlighted Jack Russell Software Coding Bootcamp's new graduates. Now, we are always getting questions about paying for bootcamp. Our free Coding Bootcamps article is our most commented on piece. There are very few free coding bootcamps out there, however, but many schools are doing their best to lower the barrier to entry for students. 
Liz, tell us about New York Code and Design Academy's latest initiative. Yeah, okay, so this is from Market Watch, and Bloomberg also reported on it. NYCDA has launched a deferred tuition plan with the aim of opening up access to more students. Currently, that's in their Philadelphia and Salt Lake City campuses. And a lot of schools are shifting into this deferred tuition plan or um, ISAs, income share agreements. But just to highlight the differences for you really quick, remember that a deferred tuition plan actually defers their set tuition payments until you get a job. And an ISA or an income share agreement means that you'll be paying a certain percentage of your salary after you get a job. So like 15% of your salary for three years. And then TechCrunch profiled Lambda School, which is backed by Y Combinator, and they offer online programs and deferred tuition. The school describes themselves as being closer to a CS degree than any other boot camp. We actually spoke with Lambda School's CEO recently to get more details, so definitely check that out on the blog. And now there were a number of articles covering the GI Bill this month. Politico covered the passing by Congress of a $3 billion expansion of the GI Bill, which aims to give veterans more flexibility to attend higher education and gain new skills later in life. It will also send more funding to non-traditional educational providers like coding boot camps. And then an article in Xfinity goes deeper in a video report focusing on Galvanize and interviewing some successful veterans who use the GI Bill to fund their boot camp. WKBN interviews Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton about how proposed changes to the GI Bill will allow veterans to attend coding boot camp in that city. That's amazing. Love to hear that boot camps are becoming more available to veterans now. And talking about opening up opportunities, there are a number of great stories about women kickstarting their careers with a coding boot camp. Lauren, you want to tell us what you read in Bustle? Yeah, it was actually a really cool piece to read. Bustle profiled three women who have transitioned into coding from other roles, including a dev boot camp grad who used to be a car dealer representative, a Flatiron School student who was also a physical therapist, and a former journalist who is a General Assembly grad who now works at Twitter. So it's definitely a piece worth checking out. Very cool. And then Business Insider profiled a 50-year-old woman who went to zip code Wilmington and switched careers from physicist to IT business analyst. Great story. And Ed Surge reported on the new nonprofit boot camp. It's called Tectonica, which was started by Hackbright alumna uh, Michelle Glauser. Tectonica doesn't require a tech background and companies actually sponsor students and they pay for their entire tuition and living costs. So it's a really interesting opportunity. Uh, Currently, their application process is not an open application process. um, So you have to be invited to apply. Uh, And the piece also gives a nice shout out to other nonprofit coding education initiatives like Mind Minds and Black Men Code. And we also have seen that there have been a lot of tech companies that are partnering with boot camps to offer different programs. Liz, what did you see about Amazon and Coding Dojo? Yeah, Amazon is partnering with Coding Dojo and Galvanize. Uh, King5 looked at Amazon and Coding Dojo partnering to teach developers how to code uh, for Amazon Alexa. And eCampus talked more about Coding Dojo's new Java curriculum. And then this piece was behind a paywall, so we don't have a ton of information about it. But in business journals, Galvanize, uh, they reported that Galvanize is teaming up with Amazon to educate engineers about how to develop software for Alexa as well. So everyone wants to develop for Alexa. 
And in the Boston Globe, we read about how Google and the Urban League of Eastern Massachusetts is partnering to offer a 20-week boot camp for adults in Boston who want to work in tech but don't have the access to training. Another aim of this boot camp is to help diversify the pipeline of workers who qualify for in-demand jobs, and this boot camp covers front-end and back-end development, which is actually very cool for Google. And then Cranes Detroit reported on a new tech hire bootcamp initiative between Grand Circus and the city of Detroit, which will train students in technologies used by Quicken Loans, which has committed to hire 80% of the graduates. And Grand Circus, just on a side note, also has a partnership with Facebook. All right, earlier we talked about bootcamps versus college, but what about colleges which actually offer bootcamps? This is a trend that has been happening for almost two years and is becoming more widespread as universities realize that their grads need more practical knowledge in order to find a job when they graduate. Liz, what did Ed Surge write about this month? Well, Ed Surge looked at the trend of nonprofit colleges opening coding boot camps and how that intensive style of practical instruction could be used for other subjects like healthcare, accounting, political science. The reporter talks to the director of UC Berkeley's continuing education department, Ernest Costello, um, and then also the Trilogy CEO, Dan Sommer, and people from UCLA, Duke University, and Northeastern University, um, which all offer those, those boot camps through their continuing education departments. And in the Daily Californian, there was an article about UC Berkeley extension and how they are launching a UX UI bootcamp starting in November in San Francisco. This is actually the third bootcamp at the department after a coding bootcamp and a data analytics bootcamp. And there's also another article that looks at how UC Berkeley's extension programs are slated to help reduce the college's campus budget deficit, including coding bootcamp programs. And then Launch Academy is partnering with the College of New Jersey to host a three-day mini boot camp at the New Jersey campus. And Imogen, wasn't there some more research that was recently put out about higher education and coding boot camps? Yeah, so I read some research from Inside Higher Ed, which was funded by National Science Foundation's Core Research and Development Grants, and which found that the country's coding boot camps are not so much an alternative to a college degree as a supplement to them. It mentioned that 66 to 80% of bootcamp students are college grads and talked about how the top coding bootcamps are as competitive as college computer science programs. Yeah, those results really weren't super surprising to us. It was really similar to our last outcomes report, which found that 76% of bootcamp grads have a bachelor's degree already. I actually think that uh, bootcamps are really careful not to pitch bootcamps as an alternative to universities. We see um, a few students skipping college to do a bootcamp um, and being really successful afterwards, but that's definitely an anomaly. So while this research is interesting, I don't think they've come to any new conclusions. Well, Daryl talked earlier about innovation being key to success in boot camps, so we are excited to continue to see more new boot camps and new boot camp initiatives launching all the time. So Code Academy is a very familiar presence in the coding space, but they've mostly been a service to people who are preparing for a boot camp or you know just want to get a like nice intro. Uh, Lauren, what's the big news about Code Academy this month? So Code Academy is actually launching mentored courses now. So Education Dive interviewed founder Zach Sims about the closure of some of the coding boot camps in the space. Um, and he talks about, you know, the future of the industry and details on what's been happening with Code Academy specifically and why they've decided to launch this new mentored course program. There are multiple tiers within the Code Academy 
courses, but the new Code Academy Pro Mentor course will be $500 a month, which includes 30-minute live video sessions with a mentor each week. Cool. And then Cranes Cleveland looked at whether Northeast Ohio might be in a bootcamp bubble. It mentions that there are six coding bootcamps in the region already, and a seventh, Blue Ocean Coding, is opening in September. According to CLO Media, Startup Institute is launching an intrapreneur program uh, where students learn how to innovate within the companies that they work for already. Intrapreneurship, I-N, not E-N, is a trend at companies like Deloitte, Accenture, and Barclays, which are all trying to drive innovation with their current workforce. And in Cranes, Cleveland, they announced Tech Elevator's new Cincinnati campus and how it will be opening in October of this year. Tech Elevator already has a campus in Cleveland and Columbus, Ohio, and we actually highlighted this campus opening on our blog. So definitely check that out on there. And then the Gaston Gazette looked at how Tech Talent South is providing curriculum for a new coding bootcamp at Gaston College in Belmont, North Carolina. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports that Launch Code has been facing some setbacks and is pulling out of an initiative in Rhode Island uh, where they received almost $500,000 in grants from the state to hold boot camps and internships. The Journal Sentinel reports that Milwaukee Bootcamp Dev Code Camp is launching a 24-week evening boot camp on September 28th, which will teach the same skills as the original Dev Code Camp 12-week full-time boot camp. The new program is aimed at students who want to learn how to code without quitting their job. Sheridan Media reports that Interact Coding School is scheduled to open a campus in Buffalo, New York in January 2018. Interact is a Kentucky-based tech company which trains uh, developers and guarantees them work at the company once they complete the program. Uh, It sounds like a similar model to Reviture or Andela. An Arkansas Coding Academy is opening in Little Rock. The first school opened at the University of Central Arkansas in Conway, and this boot camp is going to teach Android mobile development over a six-month time period. And Lauren, tell us about all the new schools we've added to Course Report this month. Sure, I'd be happy to. So we have BeginX in New York City, North Coders in Manchester, England, Open Classrooms, which is online, Destination Dev, in cities in Colombia and Thailand, School of Accelerated Learning in Hyderabad, India, Codespace in Cape Town, South Africa, and then we have Impact Byte in Jakarta, Indonesia. And what were everyone's favorite pieces to write for the Course Report blog in August? I talked to a graduate of NYCDA, her name was Juliet, and I have to say she had one of the most visually beautiful projects I've seen in a while. It's a little creepy. It's called Nanny Dunkle Height, uh, and I included a link to it in the blog post. I hope everyone will read it and and uh, look at her interactive like CSS book about uh, a nanny that is actively trying to eat her children, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still really cool. It actually is really cool. I like that piece. (laughs) I really appreciated my conversation with Lambda School's co-founder, Austin Alred. Lambda School is broadening their access to coding education with their new six-month online course, which includes deferred tuition, as I mentioned earlier. They also have a biased, blind-based admissions process, and he gives a scoop on how they keep students engaged throughout an online course. So I thought that was a really great piece. What was your favorite, Imogen? Liz and I had a lot of fun making a video about imposter syndrome with Meg Kelly from the Grace Hopper program. 
we we did a sit down interview with her on video and she talked about lots of great tips to help people you know feel more confident about learning to code and really you know used some of her insight from working with all and all women coding boot camp yeah she's the new dean of students at grace hopper so uh welcome meg to this crazy world of boot camps Well, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you listening and we love feedback as always. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. And we will see you in September for our next Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.